Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am joined by my two returning players, James Bunkle and Paul Flinders. Say hello. 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 Yeah, there you go. They are uh, reprising their roles as Clanless Rogar, the Paladin Sorcerer, and Varys, our Eldritch Knight. And you two have just been having lots of fun, haven't you? Yeah, you could say that. Define fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we get together on a weekly basis and just play a game of just happy sh- sunshine. Yeah, you mean you, what you mean is well, Rogar runs away and my character dies. <laughs> that, that has been the prevailing theme of this little arc, um, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me, I need to adjust my HP from last week, so. Yes, you, uh, well... Let's go through a few things, actually. I was going to do a little bit of a a summary of events so far, because this has been uh, an interesting day for you both. Let's uh, set the scene a little bit. So the pair of you entered into the city of Sarnath, and you were greeted by lots of horrible things. You got attacked outside by some undead constructs that you're not entirely certain what they were doing, but they ambushed you outside the city. You found a ghoul who was withered outside the front gate, but eh, you paid no mind to that. You headed inside the city and you started exploring, at which point you found a weeping monster that hugged Varys to death. Yep. Made Lovely. you lose a bit of a memory there. No more mom for Varys. Sad yeah. times. But, you know, you weren't deterred. You carried on and you just kept finding more and more death, more and more decay. Parts of the city literally deconstructed in front of you. But, yeah, things were, things were a little weird. And then you found a tavern full of dead bodies. And yeah, you're just a usual scene around here. Yeah, that's, that's a normal uh, Sarnath Saturday night, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, and Rogar found a little bit of flesh at it and got a bit of a vision. He saw a time long past where the city of Sarnath was celebrating something, but then there was a sense of dampness in the air, and it sounded like waves crashing against the walls, and all of a sudden everyone went completely insane and started killing each other. And then you continued on towards the city center, and you found skeletal remains, bones, and through the night, actually, it turned out someone's been collecting these remains. You you didn't follow up on that yet, so you don't quite know what's going on there, but definitely a lot of dead bodies. And you found a bunch of ghouls, which you haven't had time to investigate yet, because you wanted to see what was going on right in the center of the city. And at that point, you found a massive, seemingly sacrificial pit where... During their final moments, many of the citizens of the city dove into, or at least were climbing over each other to dive into. Hmm. Avoiding jumping in, you went to go visit a temple. You dug around in the records, you uh, looked at some pretty frescoes on the walls, and you kind of worked out a bit of the backstory of what was going on here. It turns out these people had, at least their ancestors, had been kind of monstrous to all the other nations in this area and basically wiped them out and stole all their stuff and they returned with an idol of a great old one called Bokrug. they displayed it in their temple as like spoils of war to show their superiority and then they celebrated the day they did it over and over again for a thousand years and i don't know if you know many gods but that tends to piss them off yeah there's a long time to brood as well yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of time to stew on things, and well, Rogar's been sensing that this whole place has just been a 
desecrated, unhallowed hellhole from the moment he stepped in, and now you started to piece together why. Of course, the uh, the high priest came back from the dead as a wraith and tried to kill you guys for poking your nose into places it didn't belong. You've turned out from reading the records that the idol was stolen. You don't know where it's gone or who stole it. And then you started hearing blaring war horns, and it seems some members of the city were starting to try to defend themselves against something, almost as if that very day was repeating itself. And as you tried to flee the city, worried about what that meant, you were stricken by a terrible curse as your vitality drained from you, and you suddenly put together just what happened to that poor ghoul who ran out of the city. Yep. So that was a minus two to your con there, so you both ran back inside. As the ghosts of Ib began to enter Sarnath to do whatever it was they did on that very day, or at least that's what you're thinking, as they begin to glide into the city with their ghostly robed forms. And you tried to follow them, but you're not the stealthiest group of people in the world. And it turned around and you saw its horrifying form, which Rogar and Meatbone did okay. They kind of bore the brunt of that one. Mm. Varys, however, not so much. You're currently frightened and you just aged 40 years in one go. Absolutely. So I'm now from being a young half-elf to... Say, young, middle-aged. Yeah, you're hitting those middle years. like Because it's like a an effect of aging, I like to think that you get, you know, you got a little bit of gray there, you got a bit of wrinkles and some crow's feet. Like, you're not infirmed or old, but, you know, it hits you, and it hits you yeah. hard in one yeah. go. If you think of an army veteran, that's what you're thinking. Yeah, so even with that, in fact, luckily, with your kind of half-elf lifespan, that wasn't a killing blow in one hit, because... Mm. Certain certain races taking 40 years of uh, age in one go, they don't come out of it looking very good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where we left off. I should mention Rogar tried to convince the Ghost of Ib that they were on the same side, and unfortunately, not a great persuasion role. You, you kind of felt that this creature is being almost compelled to do what's happening. It is driven by this overwhelming sense of vengeance on just anything living in the city anything that represents these people it is just driven to destroy it and unfortunately you weren't able to kind of break through whatever is causing that you probably guess it's probably Bokrog himself kind of forcing this to happen but uh that's where we left off and we haven't done this in a little while but uh if you look at your roll 20 oh mm-hmm. here's a map oh Oh, shit. Oh, we've got a map. You do have a map. Because in a moment, we're going to roll initiative. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> so to uh, paint a little bit of a picture here, you guys are stood in the middle of the street. You are trying to sneak up on this creature, and with that fail, it turned around to face you. So directly south from you guys is where the gate to the city would lead. Slightly yeah. to the west is where you guys came from, from that watchtower that you're sort of viewed a few events, you watched the commander of the Sarnath army, as far as you're aware, or at least its defender, ran off back towards the center of the city. There's best you could view, but maybe that's where he's headed. And then we're back in the streets. So I think a lot of this is going to depend on this initiative role, because, you know, if it goes badly, this goes one way. But if it goes well, hell, maybe nothing happens. Maybe you're all fine. We shall see. We shall see. So... Let's roll some initiative and see what you get. We just roll it normally now, can't we? Yep. Yes. Yes. All right, so. 
So that's an 18 for my ghost. Oh, shit. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> You're attempting to use a... A 21! Oh, 10. I don't have a meat bone, but he got 11, so he's just in front of Barris. Balls. So, Rogar, you are 60 feet away from this creature. It looks angry, and it looks completely consumed by vengeance. Not unlike yourself not too long ago. Funny that, how things come around in circles. And it is your turn. What are you doing as you look on this almost like frog-like ghostly monstrosity that is gently floating towards you? Um, Paul, since you rolled, rolled quite low, are we uh, are we still thinking about uh, going with the same plan or not? I would go with that plan. Um, the reason being, if we, if we actually try to fight this out, we may piss Bokrog even worse, so... Okay. Um, am I, I? I'm in its melee range, am I not? You don't know. I don't know. Fuck it, I want to cheese it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just going to run? Um, yeah, but I want to... Because uh, uh, I know... I, I, what I want to do is I want to I, I I get... Not necessarily... Well, yeah, I suppose it's somewhere where it can't see me, but I want to I get, like, basically away from it. Um... But also heading towards, you know, where we saw the five ghouls. Was it five? Yeah, five. So that's to the north behind where it was. Yeah, yeah. But if I take, because it's, because I'm assuming it's a city laid out, you know, relatively similar to most cities where you'll have rows of streets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely so, ways to get around this thing. Yeah. What you're saying is you need to be able to flee from this combat. Yes, I want to. I want to flee from the combat and duck in, like you know, like behind some other building somewhere or something, just to, so that I'm not in its line of sight. Okay. So uh, where are you moving? Um, I want to go because I know they're directly to the north of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Obviously, if I go straight down the street, I know on the left there's a house with Mr. Stabby in it. Yeah, that's um, a bit further, like off this map, but yes, that is in yeah. that direction as well. Yeah. So I want to hit a left. And end up at least, uh, you know, on the street behind the row of houses with Mr. Stabby in it. My idea. Okay, so where yeah. are you moving? Um, I'm going in this direction. That's a house. Uh, is that actually a house? Yes, that's a house. Like, these are just rows of houses around here. So, where do they start? That's my question. I want to go, so that house there, I want to go to the left behind it. Okay, so where are you moving? Behind it would be back this way. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I want to go. Okay, well, move your movement. Are you running? Um, you dashing? I am gonna dash because I can. Uh, so that's silly. You with your full dash might be able to make it. I'm not sure. You can get it to there. I think is the quick furthest you can get. Okay, so that's where. I'm that's going. like the, the quickest route to get there. I think you can dash around the corner, head down that street a decent distance, and you will be breaking line of sight with it, as far as you know. Yes, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, Rogar uh, turns tail and runs, and ah! Varys, you look to one side, and Rogar is no longer there. You are facing down this creature, just yourself and Meatbone. Yep. Right, I'm thinking he's probably done the right thing. Choose <laughs> <laughs> it! Yep. So is it, yeah, is, is, is it, it's his go, isn't it? It is indeed my ghost's turn, so what's he going to do, angry as he is? You know what? Let's move up a little bit, shall we? We can move up 40 feet. 
Oh, yes, he can. <laughs> and he's going to float 10 feet into the air as he does. So he's hovering above you at the moment. And as he gets closer, he raises both of his hands to the air. And you start to feel cold. Oh, so cold. As he is going to cast Ice Storm on you and Meatbone. Oh, lovely. So... A hail of rock-hard ice pounds into the ground in a 20-foot radius with a 40-foot-high cylinder centered on, a, centered on a point within range, which is going to be, oh, I don't know, let's say here. So it covers this nice area around here, which is just the corner where Rogar ran away to. Um, you're going to take a bunch of damage if you fail your saving throw, and this whole area becomes difficult terrain. Oh, wonderful. Well, I've got the spell guard shield. Do I do I get some sort of a? a you will get that? advantage on your roll. Ooh. Well remembered. So let me just draw this out for you. So. So that square's difficult terrain. So would that be half half speed? Yeah, half speed through that terrain. Right. It's more like that actually. The second square I drew. Anyway. Uh, yes, yeah, so any movement through here is considered difficult terrain, so that halves your movement speed. And you and Meatbone both need to make me dexterity saving throws. Yep. Save. Are you taking the piss? Six. Six. That's, that's with advantage as well. Jesus. <laughs> Is that with advantage? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Varus. Varus, 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 Varus. Well, let's, let's rack up some of this damage, will we? You're going to take 11 points of bludgeoning damage as okay. these massive hailstones start smashing into you, almost knocking you completely off your feet. Yeah. And then as this cylinder of cold, icy storm starts just cycloning around you, it's really goddamn cold, and you're going to take 17 points of cold damage on top of that. Jesus Christ. That's lovely. Hey, that hurts. It did hurt. And that is his turn done. So, uh, Meatbone's turn. He is going to do his damnedest to dash. She's going to get him to about there. So he is also going to try flee around the corner, running like a madman through all this hail and snow that's just smashing down all around you. He manages to get out of it, but at the moment you're completely like blinded by the wind and the snow and everything. So mm. what are you doing, Varys? I am following. I am going to dash. Okay. Uh, so I need to move. So I can move it, but I'm trying to measure it. How do you do that? I uh, use the ruler. You'll be right next to Meatbone if you go quickest route. Of course, I would be. Yeah, so move at the same speed. So yeah, that's where I'm heading. So yeah. Okay. There's the end of the first turn. Rogar, as it comes back to you, you start to hear in the distance like thunderous cracks of lightning, and you look to the sky, and just these bolts of electricity are coming smashing down. You look behind you, and you see this cyclone of cold, and you start to realize, oh, these things control the weather. Oh joy. And the ones in the distance are uh, smiting things. Oh! Ah! <laughs> um, crap. Uh, but it is your turn, my friend. What are you doing? Um, hmm. Question. Mm -hmm. Exp expeditious retreat. Uh, so yes. It's a bonus action to cast it. Last mm -hmm. 10 minutes means I can dash as a bonus action each turn. Yep. Does that mean I can double move or not? No, because not on this turn, because you'd be casting it as a bonus action and then you'd be using your main action to move. Yeah, 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 but then the next turn would I be able to double dash? Yes, yes, if you used your action, yes. Ooh, it is the uh, 
the wizard's runaway spell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, then again, feel a bit bad for uh, the meat there. I can't believe this guy decided to beat my meat. Um, <laughs> ah, he's looking uh, a bit frozen there, a bit chilly. <laughs> I just wanted to say beat my meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how he does in cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> Soak it in for a moment. <laughs> that sounds fun. Oh, it is. It is, my friend. It is. <laughs> I mean, first he ages you 40 years, then he hits you in the face with a hailstorm. I, I just need to look one thing up quickly. It's either going to be a complete bastard or I'll do something else. <laughs> <laughs> See, Rogar's out of combat now. He's gone, isn't he? So. <laughs> oh, it's, it's fun, but it doesn't last that long. Makes me sad. Running away, because that's what heroes do. It is indeed. So my ghost is going to follow you around the corner. The uh, the ice storm actually only lasts that one round, so it starts to just dissipate into the air, and this ghost suddenly just floats menacingly around the corner to watch where you two ran away from, or ran away to. And what's it going to do? See, I'm 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 debating between smiting you or trying to ruin your day. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, here we go. Ooh. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna try smite you. Oh no. It saw that you were not the most dexterous as you tried to get away from its uh, icy storm. So once again, it's gonna raise its two ghostly hands up into the sky. He said, this time you're not buffeted by ice and cold. But Rogar, you turn around and see behind you another one of these dark storm clouds starting to appear that you're also seeing just all around the city. And it's going to cast Call Lightning. Shit. And it's going to need you to make me a dexterity saving throw, your favorite. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 12, is it? With advantage of 12 and a 12, I don't think is good enough, my friend. No, it is not. Oh, no. By the way, um, so just to describe this out, the storm cloud is 10 feet tall with a 60-foot radius centered on a point I can see within 100 feet. So basically, this whole area in front of you is where he's summoning it. Am I outside of this, yeah? Uh, You are at the moment, yes. You would have run far enough away with another dash, with another 70 feet. Uh, However, oh, 
you know what, I was going to be cruel there, but no. It's uh, Basically, if, if you're outdoors in stormy conditions, it does extra damage, but I'll say he's outdoors, but the only stormy conditions are the things these things are making anyway, so it's just going to be the normal damage. Because, mm. you know, I'm a kind DM. I'm a nice person. <laughs> oh, I, I rolled atrociously, though, so you're fucking lucky. Ten points of lightning damage as one of these bolts just crashes down near you and almost knocks you off your feet. Oh, lovely. That is its turn. So, Meatbone. Meatbone this turn is not in difficult terrain. So he's going to fucking leg it as well. He's going to move his full um, 60 feet of movement. Which I believe fits him. Yep, just off the map. So him and Rogar are now away. Now it's me. And it is your turn, Varus. What are you doing? Are you going to keep running? Yeah, but the second wind would be um, a bonus action, wouldn't it? So... It would. So in that case, then I am just going to fucking dash. <laughs> so you can second wind as well. Bonus action is. Yeah. Oh, in that case, then yeah, I will second wind first and then dash. So you push yourself to your feet, catch your breath after being struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah. So I'd have to. Ro- what do I roll? So it's it's a d. Uh, d10 plus your fighter level. So it'll be seven plus the d10. So last time you rolled a natural one on so. Oh, hey. eight. A bit better. So that would be 15. Yep, 15 points of healing. Starting on 29, so that would be... Brace not working. 36. No, it wouldn't. 29, 36, 46. Is it not? No, it's not. Why is my brain not working? Why can't I do simple maths? It's 44. There you go. Um, yeah, and then 60 feet would take me. Where's the ruler? Uh, 60 feet is enough to run away. Right, that's what I'm doing then. I'm off. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the three of you just start dashing down the side street, kind of heading back towards at the moment where the watchtower was. But if you're going to start veering and trying to get... Are you, are you trying to get, sorry, to the ghouls or to where the ghosts have gone? To where the ghouls are. We don't We don't want to mess with no ghosts. Um... <laughs> okay. So I have to ask you, like, these ghosts were heading in that direction. Are you guys, like, waiting and hiding for a while? Can we do that? Hmm. As far as you're concerned, so as you're running away, the lightning is still cracking down behind you, but the ghost seems to have lost interest and is now floating inside some of these houses. In fact, Varys, you watch as you're running away. It literally just phases through one of the walls. And as this is going on, you guys start to hear screaming from inside these buildings, and you realize it's the screams of the spirits of Sarnath, those shadowy citizens that were all over this place. If you look in any of the windows as you're running past, they're all, like, doubled over in pain, even if there's no ghosts a bit near them, but they're all just in agony. Like, this is some sort of repeating torture for them. We need to find... If, if this is the case, and obviously they're wrecking havoc, it might be an idea to find somewhere to hide until it calms down a bit, and then we'll go and investigate. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, te- I'm tempted to say that as well, just because... I mean, we lasted one night without, and these things didn't show up. So it, it makes sense that it had only happened, you know, so often, maybe. That's what I'm thinking. Well, to, uh, to timeline this out for you guys a little bit, you arrived in the city like midday-ish, and then you fought the Huggy Stabby Man, then you went to the tavern and you had a long rest through the night. You saw the, the collector creature coming around in the night picking up things. And then yep. in the morning, you headed to the city center, and then not long after in the morning, this has started happening. Okay. So... So you're wondering maybe when you arrived last time, 
maybe this had already happened. happened. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking too. So, um, yeah, we're going to... I mean, I, I think we want to hide, but again, it's. I suppose if these things have lost interest and they do the same thing each time, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I want I want to hide, um, but again, we need. We just need. You know, we'd like to keep ourselves relatively aware of, like, you know, if these things are heading in the in the direction we are, mm. you know, or in the direction we are here, even. Sure. I mean, so do you guys just want to hold up in like a random alleyway and just wait and see what happens? Is that the plan? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there's, there's, if, if I've just watched one phase into a building, it wouldn't really make much difference if we hid. Yeah, and barricaded a building. Yeah, it wouldn't really make much difference. So we could just find some dark, quiet, sort of like, well, what we would consider quiet area. Sure. Just wait it out. Cool. Okay. So as you guys kind of head into the alleyways of Sarnath and you sort of stop for a moment, finally kind of catch your breath and get a chance to talk this out between you. I'd say this is going to take a little while, so maybe do some uh, take some watches. So if both of you would like to roll me a perception. Yeah. See if uh, anything pings on your radar while you're kind of trying to lay low. Perception 11. 17. Oh. Okay. Um, Varus, when you're kind of keeping your eyes and ears open, all you really hear is the screams of these spirits, though they do eventually start to die down. You keep hearing these cracks of lightning in the distance. Occasionally you hear the sounds of hail smashing through buildings and windows and tiling on the tops of roofs and things. It's it's awful. Like This place is under assault from these ghosts because you both saw that more ghosts were heading into the city. Mm. And they are just on the warpath, perhaps looking for the idol, perhaps just looking to sow havoc. You don't know. That's what you kind of hear with an 11. Rogo with a 17. Towards, I'd say, probably like the third hour, as you guys are just waiting back here. Which, by the way, if you want to roll hit dice while this is going on, I'm fine with that. Yep, works for me. I'll roll I'll roll a hit dice. Mm-hmm. Um, while you're coming up to about the third hour, and the, the lightning starts to die down, and the hail stops, you wait a little bit longer just to make certain that things have gone quiet. And then... You start hearing wheels and the clip-clop of hooves on stone streets. Hmm. Hmm. So this thing seems to collect the dead after they've been back and killed them again. Um, That's a bit weird. Um, So You can basically hear it on the street not far from where you're kind of holed up at the moment. Okay. Um, I'm going to, well, I'll let Varys and Meebone know. Um, that I can hear the foot, you know, the, the the wheels and you know, like like there's a horse and cart mm-hmm. basically being pulled along. Um, this sounds this sounds like what we saw in the tavern, uh, Rogel. Yes, um, I'm wondering if we should confront it. I don't know. It might know something about this um, this effigy we need to find. It might know something about this idol. Yes. Um, it might also be something we don't want to deal with. Mm. Um, it is a thing. If we choose not to, are we going to be able to see it again? Is it going to be knocking about? Fair enough. Uh, I'm thinking, ah, uh, yeah, let, let's confront it. This is the second time it's shown up. It showed up for a reason. You know, it's not going to be as dangerous as those things. So We hope. Well, there must be a reason that it avoids them, so... 
yeah let's yeah look, let's, let's go, go. let's go do it let's do it let's talk to him but let's look let's go out non-threatening yes absolutely well is one of you going to stealth up and take a look first or are you just going to walk out into the street um shall i take a quick stealth and see if i can see anything up there because if we're going to com- come out if we if we're going to talk to it and confront it anyway if it does spot us i can just say up oh, just you know i'm just seeing oh yeah yeah definitely heroes in training first obviously so you can absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, I'll do i'll do a quick stealth just to see if i can um see a bit more get closer and see if i can say stick my head around the corner of the buildings and maybe see if i can get a better view of what this thing actually is and if it matches what i saw before mm-hmm. so here we go oh wow a three <laughs> <laughs> Oh, three. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Maybe he didn't hear me over the clattering of hooves, let's hope. So... He definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Varus, as you try to stealth your way to the edge of this alleyway and stick your head out, you look down the road and you do see a wagon that's very similar to the one you saw the other night. It's still pulled by two skeletal horses. Uh, this wagon has a few different forms of remains in the back. You actually see the body of a ghoul that seems because it's a bit more intact, but the rest seem to be just skeletons and such. Mm-hmm. And what you see isn't the creature that you saw that night. Oh. oh crap. You see Sat driving the wagon. You see one of those skeletons that you fought outside the city, the ones wreathed in shadow. And you oh. see going into one of the homes two... The closest you'd put them to is almost like zombies, but they're augmented with mechanical apparatus. They're covered in these long, brass-looking tubes that just weave in and out of their bodies. They look like they've been stitched together between machinery and flesh, but they're they're clearly zombie-like in that they're just moving very slowly they're following very rigid patterns as they walk towards these houses and start pulling open the doors going inside and as with a three stealth you do notice the shadow skeleton jumps off the wagon and starts to head towards the alleyway i i kind of move back and i'll let rogar know i think i've been spotted and i let him know that he's one of the skeletons that we fought before but there's two other, obviously, I'd describe the, the mechanical zombie robocopy things and let him know, yeah, and to say, do we, we can possibly take them. They're definitely hostile. They're the same as what we've had seen before, Rogar. They are hostile. Um, can we take them, though? Uh, probably quite. I would say we could still, <clears throat> I would say, I would feel we could still probably take them quite handily, but um, I want to see if it, Attacks first or speaks first? I'm down with that. If we can hold, say, if we hold a cantrip sort of like action, would it know yeah. that? I'd say uh, both of you do me an arcana check. Yeah. Okay. I got a 13. 21. Uh, with the 21, Rogar, <laughs> you'd know that most magical creations, especially simple undead, can't speak. They're normally, like, programmed with actions from their creator. Okay. So... hmm. If it's coming to find us, it's probably going to attack us. It's not going to negotiate. It's just literally going to 
but, but but if it's programmed to do a certain thing, it might not even be programmed to attack. attack. It might just be it, the well, no, because it's spotted you. So, so and the two if, of them outside did attack you as well on site. Yes, yeah. they did. So I'm assuming, yeah, it's probably going to attack you. So we're going to have to take this thing down, aren't we? Yeah, with who, have the have the have I noticed if the other two have followed it, or is it just this one on its own? Uh, if you ducked back in before it spotted you properly, you wouldn't see whether the other two are coming or not. Right. Okay. Well, if I hide, can I hide behind the wall and have sort of like a action ready to go? Um, it is aware of you, so you're not going to get like a surprise round. You can like ready your action, but we'll we'd probably just go straight into initiative anyway. Right. Probably. Well, actually, probably. you know what? I'll say this because like these things have awful perception. You just rolled very badly, but you're at quite a distance to spy them. I'll say, make me a stealth roll now, yep. and if you get above its passive perception, I'll give you essentially advantage on your first attack. Yep, no problem. So stealth. Oh shit, that's not happening. Seven. Seven. Yeah, no, you make a very loud noise trying to like lean up against the wall. <laughs> you notice Rogar? Um, he has the same clanking armor problem you have when he kind of like leans against the the brickwork and that. So, Sad. yeah, not a stealthy boy. Yeah. Looks like we're, look, let's say Rogue says Rogue looks like we're taking this boy down. That's fine, that's fine. Um, no issues doing that. I hmm, might try and work out who it works for. So yeah, let's have at him. <laughs> All right. So the creature comes around the corner and it is flanked by two of these reanimated constructs. And well, we're rolling initiative for the second time tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is normal initiative this time with the oh yeah. Nineteen. Yeah. 19. Oh, what the hell am I doing? Hold on one See, second. Meatbone get, meat gets a 12. Seven. My initiative every single time is shocking. You got a, a seven? Yeah. Okay, let's see what they get. Uh, first up, my shadowy skeleton uh, gets a 10. And my reanimated will go on... Apparently, I can't roll anything other than a seven tonight. <laughs> uh, they will go... Fucking hell, they'll go on a six. Goddamn zombies. Yeah, zombies are exactly the greatest. Nah. Okay. So we are Rogar, Meatbone, Skeleton, Varus, Reanimated. Right. I'll actually take that. So, <laughs> Rogar, this thing comes around the corner into the alleyway. It's like 20 feet in front of you. What are you doing? Oh, it's 20 feet in front of me. Uh, okay. Um, okay, fireball. Oh, country. Yeah, well, it's, well, it's 20 feet. I, I, I suppose I'd have to run in to attack it um, and then possibly get like more crowd around me. So I'm just going to try and fireball it while nobody's stood next to it. Seems like okay. a good idea. Uh, so my attack roll is a 20. Oh! Uh, so I'm guessing that hits. You're attacking the Shadow Skeleton? Yeah. Yeah, then that hits. And. Natural 20, in fact, with a fireball, so it's a crit. Oh, sweet. So that's. You guys need to be more excited when you actually crit because it happens so rarely. <laughs> yeah, I know. Especially when I didn't even realize I crit. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so that's four D10s of fire damage. Yeah, it is. 25 fire damage. 25. However, as you remember from Varus's fire attacks last time, you watch as that shadowy aura around it seems to absorb and blunt some of the damage. So he only takes 13. Well, still, I'm quite happy with the... It's part around the corner. Boom! Bolt to the face, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not pleased with you. 
that is your turn. Uh, Meatbone. Ooh, Meatbone, what are you doing? Is he going to run in? Don't run in. <laughs> ah, he can't do a lot else, though. He has no ranged mm. attacks. Oh, Meatbone! <laughs> Meatbone is going to run in and attack one of the reanimated. So he's going to attack the man I have lovingly called R2 because he is the second one on my list. <laughs> see, he's the one on the right. Uh, Meatbone, do your attack when you get... Uh, I think that hits. His attack... He gets a 16, which is, in fact, a hit. Go, Meatbone. Yay. Let's do some damage with your claws. And that's six points of piercing damage. Not bad, Meatbone, not bad. This one you notice as Meatbone like claws into it. It just seems to take the damage full on. You watch as some of its flesh gets ripped away from these mechanical parts. And it just mm. seems to take the damage straight up. You don't see any sort of shadowy aura protecting this one. But that is Meatbone's turn. And it is my shadow skeleton. And ooh, he is going to... What's he going to do? He's going to shoot finger darts at Rogar, which I tried last time. It didn't go very well, but fuck it. Let's try again. So he raises his skeletal hand up, and that shadowy aura starts to build between the fingertips, and he shoots a bunch of these small shadow darts at you, Rogar. Now I get a 20. Bastard. Is <laughs> <laughs> that a hit? Yes, it is a hit. Okay, well, you're going to take a little bit of damage. You're going to take uh, five points of piercing damage. Yep. And you're going to take two points of necrotic damage. Yeah. And I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. Oh, bastard constitution, bollocks. Fourteen. <laughs> Fourteen, um, you bastard. Yeah. As this thing, as these little shadowy darts stick into you, you watch as they start to try to catch fire, but you quickly just start patting them out, and they disappear, and I am sad, because that was my Shadow Skeleton's turn. Uh, Varys, you're up. Right. Um, unfortunately, I can't go with plan A, because um, our fellow meat bony friend has ran in, so what is he going to do? Um... Ooh. Oh, I'm to rethink this now. Um, I am going to try. If you're thinking of Shatter, by the way, you could hit two of them. Meatbones on the right hand side. Yes, I am thinking Shatter, and that's what I shall do. Okay. If that is the case, as I want to avoid hurting um, Meatbones. I don't really want to. I don't want to be the person that kills him. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I shall cast Shatter, which is pick a point in range. Each creature in ten feet radius it makes a con save and throw. Creature takes three six. Free, free D8 thunder damage if it fails, half damage if it's successful. So I'd say to hit both of them with a 10 foot, um, you'd have to be stood next to the left uh, reanimated, which would be out of melee range from the shadow, if that's all right. Yeah, that works for me. Uh, cool. it, also, it also says on there, creature made of inorgan inorganic materials such as stone, crystal, or metal has disadvantage on saving throw. Does that count for the reanimated with the pipes and stuff? Ah, uh, that's a that's a good question. Um, it's still got inorga it's still got organic matter on it. It's still mm. it's an undead creature, so it doesn't specify that it would do extra damage to undead. So I'd mm. still say, if it was a construct, yeah, 
It's Actually, just like, you know I was, I, you I was just thinking, I was just thinking because I don't know if how, how vital the pipes are. I'll say this, the reanimated are actually constructs, not undead. Hmm. So I'll say the constructs will have disadvantage on it. Yeah. Okay. Is that okay. what it said? It was disadvantage, right? Yeah, just disadvantage on the on the con saves. Okay, disadvantage on the con saves. So I'll do my reanimated first. Yep, so I'll just cast a spell. So that's that. DC 14, it would be... So, the first the the first roll I did for him, got a 20. Second roll, I got a goddamn 13. Oh. So he fails my reanimated. I'll do the uh, Shadow Skeleton as well. Yep. He does not have disadvantage. But he also fails with a 12. Bastard. Right, so they both take the full damage. What's the damage? So I need to roll two. Was it 3d? 3d8. 3d8, so. You can add 3d8 to your spell, by the way. We'll sort that later. Right, so. 16. 16 points of. Is it thunder damage? Thunder damage. Ah, I'm not resistant to thunder damage. <laughs> Bastard. Is that the shadow so... skeleton you mean? Yeah. It's resistant to so many things. Nice. So he takes the full brunt as this just explosion of thunder energy just washes out from your hands and like this little sonic boom effect around him. And yeah, that, that hurt him. He's not happy about that. And you watch as the um, reanimated, some of its piping and metalwork just gets completely crumpled by your, just that psychic, that, sorry, that sonic assault. And it is also not happy. Ooh, yes. That, damage. that was nice. Okay, so that is Varus. It is my reanimated turn, though. Both of them. Uh, what are they gonna do? So, first one is going to attack Meatbone. And he misses. Sad times for me. Second one is gonna attack Varus. Oh, oh that's a miss. It's a natural two. Hey! They both kind of grab out at you with these, like, metallic claws, almost trying to lock you in place. And they miss completely. So, uh, Rogar, show me what you got. Um, well, since meat's kind of jumped in there. Hmm, you see, I do want to burn a spell slot. Use my sword. Um, hmm, I don't feel like I need to. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I'm going, I'm going for, if I throw, yeah, I'm not going to hit meat bone if I throw another fireball. It's not, um, yeah, no, I'm going to throw another fireball. At uh, Mr. Shadow again, or one of the reanimators? Um, let's go for the one Meatbone attacked. Okay, good old R2, my favorite. Uh, I'll roll a six. Six so plus... That would be a miss. What's it plus? Uh, wait, it's just a cantrip, so... Is it plus anything? Yeah, it's plus your spellcasting. So charisma, I think, in your case. Uh, uh, I'll get a plus one, so... Plus proficiency, which is three, so plus four. Plus four, yeah. That's ah, not good enough. It doesn't have very high armor, is why I'm asking. So. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, swing and a miss with the cantrip. That all? Um, um, yeah. Cantrips all taking action, so. <laughs> Fine. It's uh, Rogar's shitty turnover with. Now let's see. If I can <laughs> <fire again. laughs> Actually, you know what? He's not going to try to set Rogar on fire. You put it out and resist it. So he's going to. My shadow skeleton is going to run up and stab Varus twice in the face. Oh, lovely. Because he's going to get flanking. <laughs> he's what? He's going to flank as well. Shit. Ah, oh, he's got a bandage on you. Yep. So that would be a 23 on the first swing. Shield. You can cast shield. 
I am casting shield. Cool. What's that put your AC to? It puts me up to one well, minute. Where is mid level one? It puts it up to plus five, so it would actually take it to twenty-four. So that first scimitar swing comes right for your head, and you just instinctively cast that just lovely defensive spell shield, and this arcane flare appears around you and just blocks it from just stops it from causing just such a nasty cut right across your face, and you feel nice and protected this round. But he's gonna swing again. Does that carry over, or? Yeah, it lasts a full round. Yeah. And his second swing is nowhere goddamn near. Sad times for Mr. Shadow. Uh, why can't I just kill you people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite pleased oh. with how Varys is doing for once. <laughs> I actually, I completely missed Beat Bump's turn, so I'll do his turn now. Uh, he is going to attack his reanimator again. Missed completely with a three. Right. Well, that's Beat Bump. Um, Varys, you're up. Yeah, so... Um... Just trying to figure out which one. Ah, yeah, the one that um, I'm going to turn to face the reanimated that um, Meat Bones attacking. So that would mean I'd be flanking that one, wouldn't it? You can't get to that one without provoking an attack of opportunity from the other two that are flanking you. Oh, right. He was the one on the right hand side. You charge the one on the left hand side. Right, okay then. Well, in that case, then I am going to go and face the other reanimated then. And mm -hmm. I am going to. What am I going to do? I don't know whether to go into defensive mode or offensive mode. Um, I might actually go defensive and see how this works. So I'm going to cast a cantrip. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be Blade Ward. Okay. And that is basically it protects. Until end of the next turn, you are resistant against bludgeoning, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage dealt by weapon attacks. Okay. So I'm going to cast that. Um, and then I'm going so yeah that's a cantrip so I'm going to cast that as my action mm -hmm. and then as my bonus action I am just going to take a stab at it with my longsword okay so let me just find my weapons longsword attack 14 with 5 slashing damage uh, 14 is actually good enough 5 manages to cause a little bit more of that undead flesh to just fall away you watch this pallet this pallet like maggot-colored flesh just slops off this thing's body to the floor as you hack through it with your longsword. Oh, yeah. At the same time, your body's just glowing with this, like, gray energy as it, the blade board just washes over you to provide a little bit of protection. Yep. And, well, that's the reanimator's turn, and he's gonna punch you back with advantage. Hmm. Ooh. Uh, that doesn't hit, because you're fucking shield. Yep. God damn you. <laughs> So, so, so I have shield and blade ward on the go at the same time. <laughs> Wait, no, no, it doesn't, because that was your turn. Shield yeah. ended. Oh yes. That's his reaction. Aha! Suck it. Twenty-two to hit. Um, yeah, that hits. That's a, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. Okay. And it's gonna do. Oh, God damn it! I can't roll anything on damage. You take five points of bludgeoning, so half to three. Yep. To three. And you are grappled. Oh, wonderful as its gripping claw just locks onto you. Oh, great. Sorry, baby Rogar, help! A reminder of grapple, your speed is zero. That's pretty yep. much it. You don't get any bonuses to speed, you can't move away, you're just sort of held there. No worries, unless I do a, a, a strength saving throw. No, um, it'd be an athletics or an acrobatics to escape. Oh yes, that one. Yep. Uh, that was one of them, the other one is going to attack Neat Bone. Maybe do better this time. Ooh, natural 20. Whoop, whoop. He's going to try to uh, crush Meat Bone's forehead. Oh, no. Oh, it's still really shitty on damage. 
critty. Only took like 14 points of damage. And Meatbone is also grappled. But he took a nasty hit there. So, Rogar, it is your turn as we go back to the top of the round. They can't grapple you. They can't grapple you as well. Attack! <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to have to go save my meat. Um, <laughs> right, um, yeah, screw it. I'll burn a first level spell slot. And I'm going to run in and attack um, the, uh, the construct that has hold of meat. Okay. And I'm going to scream, stop beating my meat! And uh, attack him. Okay. Uh, I take it I don't get advantage because he's grappled. Um, doesn't actually say that because you can still attack while grappled. You're just held in place. So I would say he's still threatening. So you could get flanking if you go round him. Yeah, that's my idea. Um, boom. Um, that's a 21 with 16 slashing. 16 slashing. Okay. That was a nasty hit, but not quite enough to kill him. But you do watch as like you sever one of the main pipes that just runs snake-like through this thing's body, like sticking in and out of its flesh as it wraps up round to its face, and it is just whirling back and forth, almost like it's just completely lost control of some of its functions. And go with that second attack. Hit it again. It's twenty-four with twelve, and that is enough. You spin round with Eclipse and just take this thing's head clean off as its claw lets go and Meatbone is free. Yay! You see it on the floor just sort of sparking slightly and more of that just undead, decayed flesh starts falling away. It is just done. And that's your turn, Rogar. Yes, it is. Uh, Meatbone, he's going to run round and attempt to flank on the other reanimated with you, Varys. Nice. Get him, Meatbone. Ooh, that one hit. Thank you, advantage. And he is going to do... Let's try to get some actual damage. Nice! He's done his max damage with his claws. That's 10 points of damage. Nice! Which is enough to kill R1. Poor R1. We hardly knew ye. As Meatbone just slices both of his claws down this thing's back and he seems to rupture something seemingly important as this thing almost explodes into little pieces in front of you. Varus, you just get covered in like dead decaying gore and viscera. But it lets you go. Yep, I'll just wipe it down. I'll just go look at a lot. I'll look at uh, Meatbug. Go, fucking nice one. Let's finish this. Uh, Shadow Skeleton's turn. He's going to stab you in the face, but no longer with advantage. And he misses horribly. Second attack. Oh my god, that was awful. I rolled an eight and a nine. Fuck that noise. Double miss. Who was that against? against you. Oh, me. Oh, right. (laughs) Goddamn armored people. You run away from my spellcasters that can fly, and then you fight my poor, poor undead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it is your turn Varys do your thing right well in this case now I've um, what am I going to do I've discovered it is vulnerable against thunder so what I'm going to do I'm going to cast a level 1 spell oh no I can't because it's going to potentially attract every single person in the area and we don't know if it's the same it's going to be no I'm not going to do that just in case actually Uh, what I will do is I am going to attack. If I touch it, on. I'm going to go defensive mode again. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to use my cantrip and I'm going to use blade ward again. Okay. And I'm just going to attack with my long sword as a bonus action again. Okay. A twenty with nine. Nine, which you notice that shadowy aura still just blunts your yeah. long sword attack, and you know, it takes a little bit of damage, not a lot. Yeah. Will we all be flanking it? Uh, you and Meatbone are flanking it at the moment. Yeah, but it wouldn't make. Actually, no. Sorry, no, no, no. Actually, um, 
I'm wrong there at the moment, no one's flanking it. Ah, well, it wouldn't have made much difference with the damage anyway. No, damage would be the same regardless. Yeah. Um, right. That is your turn again, Rogar, top of the round. Uh, yep, I'm gonna flank it and uh, take a swing at it. Mm. This thing's definitely looking hurt. You can see some of its bones are starting to crack. That shadowy aura is starting to fail. Let's see what you can do with Eclipse. Also, it's upgraded Eclipse because you got a kill. Oh, yes, it is. So it starts to glow with that unholy energy as it begins to suck light into it like some sort of contained black hole and go for it. It's a 27 with 19. 19. You just come down with as much force as you can and you smash through that shadowy aura, but it does still blunt some of the damage. But you watch as this thing's collarbone just snaps in half and one of its arms just falls to the floor, but it's still standing with the scimitar on the other hand. Go for that second attack. Yeah, I'm going to try and dra drain its shadowy aura into Eclipse. So, uh, yeah, another big swing. That's it. Oh, that's a 25 and 17, but I can reroll one of the ones. Mm -hmm. So, that's 25 and 19. Uh, that is enough. Yeah. As, as you bring Eclipse around and just impale this thing straight through the chest, you watch as its ribcage begins to crack apart and that shadowy aura just gets drained into Eclipse and it just turns to dust before you. They are defeated. Nice one. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> I just look at, I look at Meepo. You got your first kill, my friend. Use your little salute. Yep. Yeah. Earn that armor. <laughs> so, you guys have defeated these uh, unholy undead constructs, and you are left with a wagon partially filled with bodies. What's what's going on there? What are you guys doing? Um, I want to going over. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to. I want to kind of check the wagon and see, you know, what bodies we've got on there. You know, over the uh, the ghoul. You know, is there any? Is there anything else with any kind of like meat on it? Um, you know, I. Ideally, what Rogar's trying to look for is he he wants to try and get like another, mm -hmm. another you know another memory to see if there's anything more that he can learn. Mm -hmm. sure. I what's going on here. yeah, so Varys will go towards the front. You know where the driver would sit and yep. have a look around that area, see if there's anything of interest, sort of like in the where where the driver would sit, essentially. Okay, uh, Rogar, roll me an investigation with advantage, going through uh, corpses and things, looking for uh, meat with your ghoulish senses. Um, Varys, as you walk up to the front, you see the two undead skeletal horses there, all mm -hmm. kind of like set up to pull the wagon. They don't seem to react to you, interestingly enough. You take a guess that maybe they're literally just programmed to pull the cart, and it doesn't really matter yeah. who controls the cart. So you just see a seat with some reins at the top, and that's mm -hmm. just it. It's just a seat that the, the skeleton was sat in to drive this thing around. Okie dokie. Yeah, I rolled a seven. <laughs> <laughs> Seven. Oh. Um, I'm afraid with a seven, you don't find anything particularly useful. No, I didn't think I would. Um, that's I mean, atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> Looking through it, there's uh, there's a bunch of just skeletal remains. You see the dead ghoul in there as well, but uh, yeah, that's all all there really is. Did you find anything in there, Rogar? Uh, unfortunately, not. Um, you know, just just a bunch of you know skeletons, really, other than mm. the uh, the ghoul. There's nothing uh, here either. Do you want me to have a look? Uh, you are more than welcome. Uh, meat, you still, are you hungry yet? Or point to the goal? <laughs> uh, meat will shake his head. No, I am fine. Um, 
I'd say that Rogar already pretty thoroughly searched, so yeah. I wouldn't get anything okay. more out of another investigation. No, no worries. Um, would I be able to... Is it literally the car? Is it literally a sort of like a flatbed where you would just have the dead bodies? There's no compartments or anything? Yep, yep. This is just a simple um, wagon, which doesn't have a roof on it or anything. It's just people have been... It's like the kind of thing that it'd be like the bring out your dead, but it's a bit, a bit bigger because it's got a pair of horses pulling it as well. Right. Um... What I'm thinking is we could potentially use this as cover and use it to travel. Uh, yeah, but we need something to drive it, don't we? Well, uh, there's the reins are there. We could try. You think? Oh, you want us to drive it? Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I'm trained in horse in, in traveling on horseback, but um, I don't think I've driven one of these before. Would it be pretty? I don't imagine it'd be pretty similar. You, you know, you pull the reins. You, um. Bro, I'm comfortable with this, because um, I'm guessing we're not hearing anything else. No. Yeah, can we make a perception check to see if there's any more, like, if we could hear any more something coming near or anything like that? Uh, sure, do it with perception. Yeah. Uh, an 18. Nice. 18. Um, listening out, kind of straining your ears a little bit. You hear hooves as if there's another cart about, but it's not on the street, and it seems a bit distant from you guys. Right. Oh. What I'm thinking is if if they're looking for somebody on foot, it's more likely that we're going to be spotted. So if we're in the car and we're at a distance, it might just be going to just another car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we could do is we could take this car up to where the ghouls were and it's sort of like moving cover. I, I'm cool with that because Rogar probably sticks out a little bit. So I'm like, I'm cool with Rogar like hunkering down in the, uh, you know, in the cart with me. Yeah, you could have, pretend to be dead bodies and what have you. Yeah, I'd say it'd be a bit uncomfortable, but all three of you could like lie down in the back and you'd be pretty well hidden or at least be in kind of total mm. cover for that. Uh, if the person who's driving it is completely exposed in the moment, they're like, they're just easy to see. Yeah, okay. so someone would have to drive it, but I would see well, it makes sense. This is obviously a bit like a DM question, but uh, Varys is trained in like horseback, riding horses and things like that. Would you know much about pulling, like driving a, a cart? Um, it, like you say, it does seem simple enough. Um, mm. It's probably less complicated than actually trying to ride a horse by itself. These things are, as you saw with the other undead, they seem to be almost just programmed to do something. So you probably think mm. testing it out, assuming they respond to living instructions, they won't have any problems. Yeah, so. I'll say, so I'll give it, I'll say to to, say to Look, I've had training in the military. You know, I'm, I can use, I can ride horseback in battle, and I'd imagine driving a car can't be much more different. I'll give it a go. Um... If you just keep the eyes behind, I'll be the eyes in front. Yeah, okay. Um, that, that's fine. That's fine. Um, question: Would Varys be able to, like, I don't know, like, put on the pieces of armor that the skeleton, like, the skeleton was wearing and stuff, just to make himself look a bit more? Mm. Uh, like the skeletons actually don't have any armor. They are literal walking skeletons covered in like shadowy aura. Oh right, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, I would literally just have to go as I am. But it's one of those. We'd be, we'd be exposed walking around anyway. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Let's head over to the ghouls then, and um, you know, carry on from there. Uh, so yeah, va- yeah. So yeah, Varys will climb up to the, the driver's seat and sort of like test it out. Like you'll grab the reins and be like. Mush, go. Sort of like on the reins. Yeah, as you pull on the reins, the undead horses seem to respond and start going forward at a bit of a canter. 
I just turned to Rogo and said, you've got this, Rogo. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, we'll just like I say, I would slowly to begin with, so I can get to sort of like get the hang of it, make sure I know, obviously, if I try to turn the horses left, they go left. If you try to turn the horses to go right, they go right, and sort of slow down the speed. Like, right, I've got this sort of thing, and then start retracing steps and starting to go back towards where the ghouls were. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you guys start making your way through the city. And it's slow going. I mean, this cart certainly isn't built for speed, and it's got quite a few bodies in the back that I'm guessing you guys are currently using for cover as you lie back there. Yeah. You head around the streets, and you're somewhat lucky that you don't spot any of these other wagons. But they're not overly trying to be stealthy. So when you hear hooves in the distance, it's quite easy to just stop and wait until they're mm -hmm. far enough away for you not to care. You don't see any more of the ghosts. The spirits in the houses seem to have stopped screaming. And you don't see any of the ghostly military forces either that seemed a bit more active, at least not in this area. Mm. And eventually you make your way back to the slightly larger side street where all the ghoul bodies were found. And are you just going to follow the trail of destruction? Um, I'm wondering whether we get stop the cart there and then sort of slowly go over the ground, see if we can obviously sort of follow the trail. Um, I'm... I'm open to that as well. I mean, we've, you know, um, the thing is, I suppose we move slightly faster on the cart. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been here quite a while now. And obviously we know that, A, we're probably going to want a long rest and at some point. Um, yeah. B, um, come next morning, these things are going to be back. Yes. Well, there's every chance that these things could be back. So I'm thinking we need to... You know, we need to move quite quickly. Yes, I agree. So I think we um, stick on the cart for now. You know, get get out, have a have a bit of a look at these ghouls, see if we can figure out what killed them, and then carry on. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, I'll do that. So sorry, you're getting out and having a look at the ghouls. Sorry, you cut out a little bit there, so I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah we're going to jump out and have a quick investigate of the ghouls, see if we can find because we did check over and we did like a medicine check and we couldn't. We don't. We we only. I think we discovered how long they've been dead for, but we didn't say what killed them. And I don't think we checked over to see if they had anything on them apart from a couple of swords. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys check the bodies over. They've got some basic um, military equipment. They're all dressed in that kind of legionnaire armor that you've noticed on all the other ghouls and the stuff that uh, Meatbone is now wearing. You can see that a lot of these ghouls have large burn marks and what you would guess from seeing the ghosts of Ib attack you watch the lightning strikes come down and you saw Varys firsthand just what these things can do you notice mm. that they have damage that would perhaps signify that they have taken those sorts of attacks it looks pretty clear that these things were killed by magical means either from multiple heavy impacts like the hailstorm or from lightning strikes yeah, so they were killed by the ghosts. Yeah, and this, this we think we said that they'd been dead for about a week or something like that. So it's at least every week that the attacks happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that make that seems to make sense. So I'm thinking we um crack on. Yeah. So we yeah we will follow the trail down. See if we can see. Okay. As you head further down this path, you notice you're heading into. Well, it looks like a slightly nicer area of the city. You wonder maybe this is like the uh, the rich quarter. But it's a little hard to tell because this whole city is 
probably nicer than any city you'd ever been in. I mean, if, if it wasn't for the decay, this whole place would just be beautiful. Like all the buildings are marble and there's, it's all just very finely cut stone. In fact, quite colorful stonework in places. But now it's just all decayed and horrible. But the area you're, you're moving into has bigger buildings. It has walls and gates. Again, lots of these buildings have been massively destroyed from the deconstruction effect that seems to wash over the city. But this, at least at one point in time, may have been where all the, uh, the nobility or the elites used to live. And as you're going through this area, you see more and more signs of these dead ghouls. You see more of these small parties with like somewhere between like three or five ghoul bodies. And then you'll see another one a bit further down. Perhaps these parties were left behind as the scouts, as the rest of the Legion retreated. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they were trying to ambush whatever was coming after them. You're not certain, but they were all cut down in that similar spell-like fashion. You can see signs of burn marks on buildings. You can see bits of destruction that were clearly from magical attacks. And eventually you get to probably the center of this little rich district. And again, you see lots and lots of these destroyed mansions and beautiful houses that have just fallen to such ruin. And you see around 60, maybe 70 dead ghoul bodies. Holy shit. All of them outside what looks like a pair of open doors that if you were to take a guess from where it's situated, the size of it, and some of the style as you get closer and you start to see um, carvings and statues worked into the walls that lead up to it and the fact that it leads down, that maybe this was some sort of rich people crypt or mausoleum or something? It seems that's where the ghouls headed to try get to safety. I mean, Rogar, you're well aware and Meatbone would confirm it anyway that ghouls come from the underworld. So perhaps they felt safer going down below and trying to make some sort of last stand, but at the very least, all of these legionnaires outside did not make it. But the doors are open, at least at the moment they are. Um, Firstly, I want to ask if um, to, to I'll go to Meatbone and say do you recognize any of these guys? Are any of these your friend? I know it's have you seen your friend here? Meatbone will kind of loop around the bodies and start checking them over. It takes a little while because there's just so many, but eventually he comes back and sort of shakes it and goes, no, I do not see Jestrick here. It gives me hope. Perhaps he is still alive somewhere. Do you think he would head down into the crypt? Meatbone kind of nods and goes, we ghouls, we know how to fight underground. Crypts are a good source of food. Defensible. If there is only one entrance, perhaps. Maybe at best two, if maybe it leads into some of these houses, I'm not sure. But this place would be a good place to hold out. So, uh, yeah, Varys will look at Rogar and go, look, you're, the, you're, 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 you're a ghoul. You want to take yeah. the lead in this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I think we do need to go in there, to be honest. And um, I'm guess. oh, wait, no, half-elves can see in the dark, but still it's not as well as me. Um <laughs> So yeah, I'm thinking that's where we're going. We're going into the. Uh, we're going in there. Okay. But can I make a perception check if I can see what any of the carvings are, and if there's like any of them look like the uh, the figurine figurine that we're looking for? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can investigate the carvings, and I'd say, Rogar, do me a um, a smell check as you guys start to move into the tomb as well. So I'll do a perception. That's a sixteen. An eighteen. 
Okay, so uh, Varus with a 16, you're looking over the carvings. These seem very different to the ones that you saw in the temple. The mm -hmm. temple was all about this destruction of other um, civilizations, whereas this seems to be all about just honoring these noble dead. You see lots of images of uh, people lying in state, being raised up with like trophies and things around them, almost like they were being buried like kings, but you guess that's just probably what the people of this area were used to. You don't see anything mm -hmm. that represents uh, Bokrog or anything like that. Right, okay. Um, Rogar, as you're walking down and you start sniffing the air, you can smell what to you smells quite nice. Uh, Varus, however, as you're hit with this, it kind of really puts you off going any further into the crypt. You're hit mm -hmm. with the smell of rotting flesh. And as you get deeper, as you're going down these steps into this mausoleum or tomb or whatever it is, you start to see flowers growing on the walls. They're covered in black petals and red vines and they're all just sort of stringing up and growing across the walls through like the cracks in the stone and you realize they're they're letting out this just strong scent of rotting flesh hmm. do you recognize these roga or, uh, or any because these are nothing i've seen before i guess i'm gonna have to do some kind of check uh are either of you proficient in in nature i'd say nature no survival which you were gonna say yes <laughs> uh, I don't know if it'd really come under survival. Mm -hmm. I'd say, okay, I'd say I'd let you do one if you're proficient in survival, but you won't get the same information. All right, okay. Uh, I am proficient in survival, but not I'm not. I'm not. I got a 22. 22? Um, you would say, typically, flowers with this sort of bright coloring on the vines and the black petals are probably not safe to like eat or digest. That's the best you know with a survival. Okay. But you will see, in terms of how they're getting there, they're clearly like growing through the cracks in the walls, and it's all just like, it's basically this place has just not been tended to, and whatever this strain is has started growing down here. Okay. 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 So should we, should we make it head in a bit deeper, or? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking, yeah, oh. just keep heading, keep heading deeper. Okay. As you head down into the mausoleum, Again, you see these carvings over and over again, and it's this whole place is about just glorifying the people who are interred here. You don't know whether it's a singular house or family, because you see multiple crests hanging on, like, stone carvings on the ceilings. And as you move down into the mausoleum proper, you suddenly see a wide open chamber, and you see another maybe 30 dead ghouls down here. Again, similar sorts of markings where they've just been torn apart by spellcasting. This just magical destruction laying waste to everything. But you do see that these tombs lead off to different areas, and most of them look horribly overgrown with this same red-veined black flower. But one of them only seems to be slightly grown out, and it seems to have three tombs inside it that are undisturbed. And in the middle of the three, like right in the center of this uh, circular chamber, there is a altar with an item resting on top of it. I think we found what we're looking for, Rogar. Yeah, me too. Can I do a perception check to see if I recognize the item? Uh, you can take a take a gander at it, sure. Can I help with that? Uh, sure. You're both uh, kind of staring outside this room, trying to peek in. Yeah, I got an 18. Okay. 
So with an 18, as you're kind of like peering at the edge of the chamber, you see it is not an idol of Bokrug. This item, whatever it is, appears to be a strange emerald disc, like a circle covered in glowing runes. And it is just glowing there with this green radiance in the otherwise dark tomb. Can I do like an arcana check on it then? Uh, you have to go up and like pick it up and start inspecting it if you're doing that. Uh, can I do a perception check on the room? Sure. I'll help uh, again. Uh, that's a seven. Seven? I mean, it just looks like a, a slightly smaller chamber from where all the dead ghouls are behind you. This one, it just seems to be... Especially guesses, perhaps this was someone's favoured magical item or just something that held personal value to them, and this is their tomb and perhaps close family because you just see these three tombs. You also do see more of the black flower in here, but it's just not quite as intense as it is, as it is in some of the other areas. Can I make a perception check on one of the other areas which is over? Say, is that, is that the one in the middle, would you say? Or there's the two on the left and the right? So there's a chamber in the middle where all the dead ghouls are. Yep. There's this chamber you're in, which I'll say is to the uh, north, essentially, and then mm -hmm. to the left and the right. Or so. I'll describe the end. So uh, you've got the chamber in the middle, and then straight forward is the place where you're going with these three tombs and the altar in the center. Yep. You've got one off to the left, which is heavily overgrown, and then one off to the right, which you haven't really looked too much at yet. Right. Can I go over to the one in the right and make a perception check if I can see anything beyond the plants? Yeah, you can have a look in there. Um, yep. Over on the one in the right, it's got, say, plants in there, but it's not as heavily overgrown. You see a big, heavy stone door. Right. Do Rogar, do you want to have a look and see what's through this stone door, or shall we investigate this item first? I want to do an arcana check on the item, um, but so I'm pretty sure this place is going to be tra booby trapped. This is what I'm thinking. Um, um, oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, can I throw one of the ghoul bodies into the room? Sure. Um, I'm going to do that. Okay, you heft up one of the bodies and just chuck it in. It lands with a heavy thud and rolls along the stonework. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Okay, I'm going to go do a kind of check on the thing. Okay, so you walk into the room with these three tombs and the altar in the center and you pick up the item and uh, do me an arcana. Uh, 14. 14. Taking a bit of a look at it, you're not entirely certain what this item is because you've never seen it before, but it seems to radiate um, an aura of some sort. And you guess from how the runes are set up that this item is good at keeping the undead at bay. Oh. So I mean... Put, I'd put it down, because if the tombs are undisturbed, I'd imagine something's going to jump out. So I'll say this, with uh, with your check, this item is called the Disc of Hades. And uh, this strange emerald disc is covered in glowing runes. When you present it strongly to one or more undead creatures, you can see within 30 feet as an action. They must succeed. They must each succeed on a DC 13 wisdom saving throw or be held at bay. Undead held at bay are unable to attack you or your apparent allies for as long as you continue to present it as a bonus action on each of your turns. Any undead that succeeds the saving throw or is attacked by a protected creature is then immune to the effect. Oh, I'm picking this up. Yeah, yeah it's just I'm, useful. Yes, it really does. I'm picking that up and putting it on my person. All right, so you're just holding on to it for the moment? Uh, yeah, wait, yep. hang on. Do I? Wait, am I undead? No. All right, cool. 
Right, yeah, I'll give it. <laughs> you pick it up and you turn to go away, and as you do, you start to hear the tombs shake. <laughs> and the stone begins to crack. And as that happens, you see a host of black spores begin to release out of the tombs and fill the entire room. And you hear the baleful wail of zombies. Oh, wonderful. And that's where we're going to end the episode. You're welcome. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, it could be, it could be worse because we could now use that item, can't we, Rugo? That, that, that's my plan. Yeah. Mm. And you have shit that he's got against undead, so we should yeah. be fine. And who knows what's in the tombs? Maybe more good things. But first, zombies and nasty spores. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, fun times. Well, I hope you guys had fun. It's been yeah. good tonight, yeah. Um, Meatbone got his first kill. Yeah. So, he survived yeah. my ghost by running like the cowards you are. Absolutely. <laughs> Because yeah, physical attacks will do well against ghosts. It's fine. Yeah, he killed a wraith the other day. Yes, yeah. he killed a wraith the other day. We have one smite left between us. <laughs> uh, fun times. Uh, well, that was Gunpowder Treason, no plot. If you enjoyed the show, you can check us out on any of the major podcast providers. If you want to get in touch, I am on Twitter at, at @treasonno, and my players are there with their player names and GTMP at the end of it. We also have a WordPress website and a Facebook account, both under Gumbara Treason No Plots, with lore and pictures and goodies and things like that on there. And I will uh, hand you over to my co-host to say goodbye. As usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice as much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me on the Lost Art Podcasting and the Lost Art Wrestling Podcast. We are available on all good podcast providers and you can follow them on Twitter at Lost Art Podcast and at LAOW Podcast. And maybe one day I'll be in the Red Scar Cafe on Red Scar Business Estate in Preston, Lancashire, the UK, Europe for now. <laughs> you can also find me on those fine podcasts, but you can also find me on the, on the RAD Live Podcast. We are available on all good podcast catchers such as Stitcher, Spreaker, and many other places. You can find us on Twitter at UKRAD Podcast, and we're on Facebook. But you can also find me as my alter ego, Steve the Betrayer, or Steve Avatar of Facedon. And he's on Twitter at Steve AOTGTMP, where he tends to um, engage in, let's shall we say, lighthearted banter with our friend Rogar here. <laughs> well, uh, again, thank you all for joining us, everyone. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Peace. See ya. Oh, bruh. We're going to have such a killer time at the top of this haunted ski resort. I know, Chadwick. There's like no lines for the ski lift, dude. But, Dump Truck, what about the babes? Oh, bro. You think I forgot about the babes? Two words, Chadwick. Ghost babes. <laughs> <laughs> now hold on a minute there, boys. You ain't planning on going up to that old haunted resort now, are ya? What if we are, old man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't stop yous. But if you must go, you should take this. The hell is this, old man? Well, back in my day, we called it a Microsoft Zoom. 
We used to listen to a podcast called the Indie Film Review on it. A proud member of the Necropoticon Network. They were a movie review podcast that critically reviewed independent film while having a little fun in the process. Sounds like dinosaur bullshit, Gramps. I'm going to push you into a trash can now. Well, butter my biscuits, I never <laughs> Well, dump truck, now that we've taken out the trash, looks like we've got an appointment with some ghost babes. <laughs> Listen to the indie film review for the lowdown on the coolest indie films you probably never heard of. The indie film review. It's not delivery. It's indie film review. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects that you heard within this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so make sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.